from the Pathway Studios in Johnston proper. You are live from the path. To live from the path, we're coming from the uh, Pathway Studios here in Johnston proper. Hey, you know what I decided? No, I'm over Booba. Yeah, I'm, I've had <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna, yeah, I, I mean, I've had enough. <laughs> Here's the thing this never happens to you, Ben, because you never miss the show, right? Yeah, but like sometimes I will miss the show for a week and it'll pop up in my podcast. I'm like, I don't know, I wouldn't on it. I, I don't yeah. even know if I want to listen. I'm to not going to take it in. I'm not even going to take it in. So I mean, my, it's fifty fifty. Boobas don't listen to the show anyway. <laughs> okay, hey, if you're if you're if you're anybody but Booba, you're listening to Life in the Path. Uh, <laughs> thanks, thanks for hanging out with us tonight. So here's the deal: I was scouring uh, the, the the news sites to look for something to talk about, and so here's what I'm gonna do: I'm gonna tell you I got three. No, no, I got one. Hey, man. What you got? We should take a quiz. Yeah, okay. Oh, All right, so here's what we'll do. Well, I'm going to give you... Okay, we're going to go through one article, and then we're going to do a quiz, and then we'll do some advice on Dear Life in the Path, and we're going to send you on your way. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, this looks good. All right, so here was the big... Uh, oh, hey, uh, uh, Nathaniel's in the uh, in the studio with us tonight. Nathaniel. Hey. Okay, good. Strong, <laughs> strong opener. Yeah. That's yeah. a great beginning. <laughs> yeah. Flag that tape. It was bold. <laughs> um... I, I can't. I can't think of it. It's got to have been four or five years last time we had Nathaniel on the air, right? It's been a minute. Yeah. Okay. All right. It's been a while. Anyway, welcome. Hold That's on. the same shirt. Yeah, I think it has been. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, article from Christian Post: Is this God's super sign of the end times? Yes. Sign. Here's I, what I love this already. Here's what I'm tell you. Uh, this is really amped up. I mean, over the last you know however many years, hundred. <laughs> People are like, hey, it's the sign of the end times. It's the sign of the end times. Yeah, yeah. Not this cat. He says, look, this is the super sign. This is one above. Of which I have no familiarity many. with. Like, I can't I can't even tie anything to scripture that says there's such thing as a super sign. Like, you know, a red moon or something. It'd be like a mm-hmm. super sign. It'd, I mean, like, they, they were just four red the stars. Sign. Anyway, let's see what it says. I mean, here's the thing. You're part of, I mean, there's not been one generation since Christ has left the earth. That the people have not figured that their generation is the generation where the end of times is it's going. Kind of, we're supposed to. I mean, that's kind of the idea. Single generation goes. I'm calling it right now. I mean, this is the deal. Paul had to tell the guys in Thessalonica. They're like, "Hey, we missed it." He's like, "No, you didn't miss it. Yeah. <laughs> it's coming. It's coming." <laughs> but be ready. I, that's the problem is we won't be ready if we're like looking for some far off thing. I think we should always. It's, it's healthy to think it's any day, but it's weird when you start looking for super signs. I it's. Yeah. I, I suppose it's healthy to live as if it's any day. Uh, but to anticipate it or try to call it as if it's that gets weird. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. That, then you've then looking you've for crossed, signs and yeah, you cross the line. There is a sign. Jesus said he's coming back. Yeah, that's, that's what it. else do you need? I yeah. don't think you're going to miss that one. Go ahead, Ben. Yeah. All right, let's talk, talk to author Jeff Kinley. I mean, can you Jeff. imagine the size of this trumpet? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I've often wanted to know. Yeah, what's that trumpet? I mean, is it really like a trumpet? I, we, so we were talking about this at church. Uh, I don't know, come three weeks ago. We were talking about uh, remember when uh, Jesus fed the five thousand one of the first time, I think. And I wasn't there. And, uh, yeah, yeah, okay. So you vaguely re- heard of the story. Yeah. yeah. So we were talking about, like, did, I mean, did they cook the fish or did it just, I mean, because I mean, <laughs> you figure the kid brought two raw fish or, or some fish and some loaves or whatever, and then and then Jesus prays, and then that's it. It multiplies. And, and we're sitting there to be like, I don't know. 
did it did it automatically cook too when he multiplied it and then all of a sudden someone in the, someone texts me they were watching a live stream and they go Jesus does not cook bad meals <laughs> like oh right okay I didn't think of it that way <laughs> sorry <laughs> so so it, it it stands to reason that like let's say a trumpet is involved that is the best trumpet ever made like yeah. of high, of the highest of quality like two volcano folks are making it I mean it is really something <laughs> <laughs> Who, who's who's a well who's a good trumpet player I mean like was it I mean, Phil Lu- Driscoll was a big trumpet guy. I mean, Louis Armstrong took on Louis some. Armstrong. Wynton Marsalis. Wynton Marsalis was a good trumpet player, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's still living. I need to be listening to some of that so I can be ready. Yeah. Yes, you can pick it up, yeah. Who was the guy, Michael, who was the, we, we saw him in concert. He was like a jazz dude. Uh, big atta- looked like he's probably eating meatballs all the time. <laughs> Meatball jazz man. <laughs> yeah. You know, is he coming to mind? Uh, uh, did he have gray hair? Yeah. Boo. <laughs> I, I know who you're talking about. Okay, it doesn't matter. Gray-haired meatball, meatball Italian jazz man. All right, yeah, I got it. Author Jeff Kinley, Bernie something, yeah. believes it's not Bernie. The believes the Bible <laughs> lays out some fascinating circumstances that will unfold as humanity marches toward the biblical end times. In okay. quotes. But there's one sign in particular that Kinley, author of the new book Interview with the Antichrist, believes has already unfolded. What do you think it is? You could probably smell this. Interview with the Antichrist. Yeah. Probably something to do with Israel or something. Dan votes something to do with Israel, Mike. I'm going to say it just like Dan. Something to do with Israel. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, don't mock me. (laughs) I'll say Russia. Okay, Russia. has something to do with Russia. Russia's the new Israel. Okay. Israel. (laughs) All right. Oh, yeah, this is going to go over well. It starts, the Jews or the Ruskies. Uh, Already unfolded, he says, the reemergence of Israel. Oh, there it goes. Dan nailed it. I feel like I get a point. I need a trumpet. He explained the development while telling the Pure Flix podcast why he is so intrigued by eschatology. He says, part of it is the sense of knowing that we are living in the last days, with Israel being reborn as a nation. That's really God's super sign, he said. There's so many things that are happening almost daily around the world that it's almost like you have to be living under a rock not to notice it. <laughs> I mean, ah, okay. Uh, just, just so we can parse this out, and and this this will help, Ben. Uh, when it comes to eschatology, when people say we're li- living in the final days, when the Bible talks about the final days, it actually only talks about two days. It talks about the past days and the final days. Uh, you, when, you, when Jesus says, uh, or the Bible refers to, you're living in the times, the end times. There was all the times, all the times, all the times. Stop. And from everything on the way out is end times. Right. And the stop point was around Jesus' time. Yeah. And so anything past Jesus is considered the end times. So it, it didn't freshly, if you need a, a healthy way to look at it, it's not like the thought of end times started like a hundred years ago or back in 1500 or whatever. 1948. 1948. Like when, we're to, when, when, when the Bible, when we biblically refer to end times, it's everything past Jesus. Because that's how... Ascension. That right. That's how the Bible refers to it. You are living yeah. in the end of days, which yeah. is everything from here on out. Okay. Continue. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, and so let's see. Uh, he also addressed. Well, hold on. What was the last thing he said? I missed it. Uh, Israel. Israel. Oh Israel. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anything about the temple? I mean, they got to rebuild a temple. No. Right? They gotta get the no. Here's here's the deal, though. Is that like literally, if you're going to be on this bandwagon, uh, I mean, the, the the late '40s and early '50s was your time. This yeah. was your time. I mean, at some point, you're just holding on. Now now you are becoming the, the Thessalonians. This is becoming you. You're like, do we miss it? I think we might have missed it. What well, happened? maybe the thing that you thought was going to happen wasn't really the deal, friend. I mean, again, God's time is different. I totally get you. But, I mean, you're starting to stretch it. Maybe you've got to rethink that your theology is not good as opposed to continuing like, oh, you've got to be living under a rock not to notice all these what? Hurricanes have been going on forever. Uh, floods, <laughs> forever. Uh, uh, violence amongst people groups. 
that live close to each other? Yeah, forever. And so, I mean, what is it that you're seeing that's so unique here, Kinley? Uh, it's because it's happening to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's in our neighborhood now. So, yeah. yeah. Mm. What makes it a, a super sign if it happened 70 years ago? I don't know. <laughs> like, it was it's a long lasting. It's <laughs> a long lasting sign. <laughs> We're, yeah. Yeah, Israel being reborn. Yeah, you're right, because he says the sense of knowing that we are living in the last days with Israel being reborn as a nation <laughs> 70 years ago, that's really God's super sign. <laughs> and when you say, once, okay, this, this is nice to help us parse through. Okay. Uh, when they say Israel reborn as a nation, what they're saying is uh, governmentally yeah. reborn politically. A bunch of nations said, hey, you can be a nation. They said, okay. Okay. Everybody move back home. Right. The nation of Israel has always existed and never did not exist. Uh, God's people of, of, of Old Testament lineage have always existed. This is just governmentally forming to be a state called Israel. Which is yeah. so weird to me because, like, granted, God provided a promised land and there was a, uh, there was a nation of Israel. And then, if you recall, there were two yeah. Uh, yeah. because they had to split the thing up. And uh, and so, but even then, like once they're once once they're exiled to uh, under the Assyrians and under Babylon, the prophets still refer to them as Israel. And so, like mm. the notion of Israel being defined as a government entity or a nation state, um, you would then have to take task with Amos and be like Amos, you should refer them as something else because technically they're not Israel. But like if you follow the definition of Israel, which is these are God's people, yeah. uh, and then. There's no reason to change that. That's how Paul actually addresses it too. There's, I, I've heard some um, that some people talk, especially uh, Messianic Jews, that they'll get they're onto this uh, pretty firm about, hey, you're trying to replace Israel with the church, uh, and I, I think that's a misuse of the term. I think uh, we're trying to consistently use God's definition, consistent biblical definition of Israel, which is God's people, mm-hmm. and if that includes followers of Yahweh. Uh, who aren't under that ethnic background, uh, I don't see a problem here. And I, frankly, I think Paul doesn't either. That's his, there is no Jew, no Greek, no man, no woman, mm-hmm. no free, no slave. And so, um, but, but that's where they get tied up is like, oh, well, God's fulfilling a promise here by um, creating the nation state of Israel. I mean, that yeah. more has to do with the Treaty of Versailles than, it, you know, like I don't. And, and who, who else did this? You know, uh, the Pharisees. What? <laughs> like, the, you can't be the Messiah because. You know, because this. Wait, we want this great nation state. To that's have. right. That's right. Like, no, I got a different kingdom. That is a great point. <laughs> you, you don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> and we're doing the same thing a couple thousand years later. You yeah. Know, we're still Pharisees and Sadducees running around trying to figure out when this nation, what, you know, Israel. Yeah. That's yeah, right. Yeah. And then, I mean, here's and here's the thing. Does this show you any indication that like that government is not holy? Uh, uh, they they are not they are not always honoring choices. Like if God was if, if if Jesus King Jesus was ruling Israel, he would not be behaving in some of the ways the nation of Israel is behaving. Regardless of what do you think goes on in the Middle East and their notion of how they've set up the government, let's just be clear that it's not Jesus is not king there. And so uh, I just don't. I, I, I it's very much like naming your child Moses and then impressing upon him everything <laughs> like how great he is. Yes, yes. this is Moses. And like, well, that's right. I mean, his name is Moses. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that that is that is a, a proper way to view the nation state of Israel uh, right now. That's right. I think it's a misunderstanding of um, even in the pictures of the Book of Revelation when you think about Israel. To th- if you think about it as the nation state of Israel, I do. But I think you're missing something. Mm-hmm. Um, I think God. I think there is still a sense of elevation to to God's people and His lineage. Um, who bear, but primarily because of what their always job has been to to pass uh, responsible for sharing the good news with the rest of the world. 
Um, yeah, we are the engrafted branch. That's right. There still is a branch. Yeah, yeah. So uh, they didn't burn the tree or topple that correct. statue. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> Part of it is. Uh, let's see. So he. Okay. Let's see. Hold on. He had more. He had more. Oh, yeah, I don't yeah. want to miss out on him. This is great. Kenley also addressed many of the social and political unrest unfolding across the globe, noting that many people feel like the world's in peril once again. The world has been in parable for a while. Parable. Parable. Did you say parable? I, yeah. 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 So uh, also true. But <laughs> like, I, I, I almost every, I'm sorry, I get a little fired up about these end times boys because <laughs> uh, be, generally the thing that fires off right away is is their one-sided view, right? Like if you look at the, at the disruptions and the wars that have been going on for centuries in the Middle East, mm-hmm. uh, in parts of Asia, <laughs> right? In, in, in parts of Europe. Russia will war with anybody all the time, right? Like, these are things that have not touched you because you live in a country uh, that has a gigantic military <laughs> and founded upon personal freedoms. And so you have not been under the regime of a dictator, an oppressive government, or whatever. And so, like, all the things that are now slightly scraping you, let's say you even do your due diligence and look around the world and go, oh, others are now experiencing this. This must be the deal. Others have been experiencing this for thousands of years. It's only a deal now because it's happening to you. Yeah. And that is not uh, how the Bible is written. Ben, continue. I mean, many people feel like the world's in peril. Uh, yeah, yeah, sorry. I, I, I'm just reflecting on your point here that, like, it is so narrow, so short-sighted for, for like, people have felt this every day. In some uh, some part of the world, there's yeah. some sort of problem. Like you, uh, go back to Rwanda, go back to Darfur, go back to Iraq under, under Hussein regime, Somalia. But, yeah, I mean, just pick pick any random country of which there's been some political unrest over the last fifty years, and like maybe it felt like the end of the world because their world was being crashed upon them. But you're like, oh, well, we feel like it's the end of the world now because there's there's people protesting in our streets. Well, the thing is, even America has that in their history. We just kind of. Don't think about it. Yeah. You know, about people being shot in the 60s, you know, and, and I mean, we've always had that. We, right. Politicians having a duel to the death, you know, it's like. Yeah. We I mean, legit America did that. filled with it. But right. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, there was a picture book or something. It's a history book, you know. Right. But, but. My I, neighborhood's I, good. Right. That's the point. Like, yeah. it's not realistic to go, oh, they assassinated RFK and some kids got shot at Kent State. The world must be coming to an end. I'm like, ah, your theology's bad. That's right. those things stink, but like right. again, it doesn't mean what you think it means. Uh, he says, "I love this cat." Despite these feelings, end times theology is sometimes overlooked, ignored, or downplayed, even within Christian circles. I don't think that's true. I would make the exact opposite case. Yeah. yeah. In fact, I think people are scared to death of it, and they're not overlooking it. They just don't want to talk about it because yeah. they the, because the things that they have it. heard yeah. are are they're creepy and freak them out. There's some kind of harlot coming out of a, a giant. I always imagine like the 50-foot woman, <laughs> like the old uh, <laughs> coming out of the sea, <laughs> all harlot <laughs> It's probably like so many other issues. Like, like you know, do you wear a mask or not? Well, there's really smart people saying both things. Yes. The same thing with like Revelation and, and end times eschatology. Yep. Really smart people are saying like completely opposite things like, and I'm not that guy, so I, I don't know which one. I don't know. Yeah. And that's where a lot of so they just don't. They just yeah, there's like, I'm it. out. Yeah. I'm out. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't really find that people are overlooking it, ignoring it, or downplaying it. Uh, I mean, I would say you, Kinley, are responsible for having done the exact opposite, and I'm very disappointed in you, <laughs> and likely your family. You see a complaint line? <laughs> uh, he says, "We." I love this part. There's, catch the glaring error. We know that Jesus is coming back, but no one is talking about what happens in between. Except for every third book published in Christian circles yeah. over yeah. the last 60 years. Or every church service we've ever had. 
or every worship song we've ever sang. Like Jesus said, all like we do is talk Noah. about what to do before <laughs> Jesus returns. It's the only topic of discussion. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but like, I mean, it's we know that Jesus is coming back, but no one is talking about what happens in between. And Jesus goes, look, nobody knows the day or the hour. And you're like, let's talk about that, though. <laughs> Here's the thing that I said you're not going to know. Spend all your time focused on that. When I've got a whole set of things of which you could, you know, just keep an eye on, maybe we wouldn't have some of these problems that you think are causing the end of the world. Maybe that's the reason the workers are few, because they got to, they're sitting there watching an end times movie all the time. Like, hey, <laughs> fellas, we got stuff to do. What about the end, though? Did I miss it? <laughs> get, get out of there. Put the popcorn down. <laughs> he said, God actually tells us what's going to happen, and he tells us how to prepare for it. I mean, he tells you how to prepare for it. He does not tell you what's going to happen. I'm very sorry. You were just wrong. I mean, he, he, you know, he does say the end days will be like the days of Noah, that people will be, you know, basically living life, and then it's over. Right. So he does tell us that. Yeah, I mean, I suppose. That's not what he's getting to. But. No, that's right. He's getting into, yeah. He'd like that there's something special as opposed to, hey, yeah. you're going to be going about your business. You'll be like getting married and stuff and doing life, and yeah. oh, then it's going to be over. Yeah. And then the harvest. Okay, well. There was a guy that I met going to a church that I uh, used to attend, and he was kind of a goofy feller. And uh, he, um, every once in a while, he would never message me on Facebook, but he would, uh, he would, he would message my wife with, like, <laughs> articles <laughs> like this. Nice. Like, uh, end time, like, fourth blood moon. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. And, like, it happened several times where yeah. he just, like, and she would just message him back, be like, okay. <laughs> and uh, the last time I did it, I, I said to her, I want to message him back and send him a link to the book, uh, Leaving the Rapture Behind, and a link to uh, the podcast of the, the, the class that Ben taught a few years ago on the, on the end times. And uh, she told me not to because I was going to be snide about it. <laughs> I was going to be all rude to him. I mean, I don't know how much advice you can take for, from her. She carries herself in such a way that she feels like she's open to revelation attacks from a random old man. <laughs> yeah, he was, uh, he was kind of a goofy feller. But, uh, I mean, here's the thing. Uh, it, 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 it is a particular thing to me. You know, the, the fellas, like with the, with the big revelation stuff. Uh, but I don't know if they believe what, if they actually believe the things that they're saying, are they doing all the right things, right? Mm. Are, are they pinging people with this end of time stuff? Is, it the th is, is the reason that it's hard to swallow is because of uh, you're basically delivering an ultimatum. Not, you're not loving people like Jesus loves them. You're basically saying, make a decision because this is going to be bad. Like, yeah. that's the sales pitch. Like, you better get ready because this sooner than you think yeah right it, it, yeah. i mean it, i it, once again i don't know that it's a, a terrible we just like dan said i don't know if it's a terrible thought to have that like hey uh but you should it shouldn't be a fearful thought that's no. the difference is like if you're approaching it with like i don't know if i want jesus to come back because this is going to be horrible right that it should not be your thought right of when jesus comes back you're right. like i just i can't wait to see how this goes yeah because i think it's going to be great <laughs> yeah yeah. And so, like, I think that's uh, the fear selling is is uh, that's where it's disingenuous, not God's heart, and also not biblical. Yeah, like I, I think that you can you can actually disagree on your interpretation of the end times and revelation, and uh, live the exact same life, like, and keep and because I've I've seen there's people I just flat out just dis, like disagree with theologically, but like they love people, they're trying to communicate good news and trying to make sure that that uh, the choice that people make as it re as it relates to Jesus. Uh, is as best informed as possible 
uh, because there are consequences to your choices. Uh, and, and you can read Revelation differently and still have that behavior. It's, it's, the, it's the alternate re- Revelation reading that also causes people to get into the circus business. And that's that's what I'm out on. Like, uh, first of all, like the book of Revelation isn't a sideshow. Um, and the way that you describe it uh, doesn't connect people with the real truths of Scripture, even within the book of Revelation, because you're you're acting like a carnival barker. Uh, and so I'm not for that. And two, it seems to empower you in some way or another, make you feel like you're above everybody else because, you know, things they don't, which makes you an idiot. And then three, uh, it starts to see people in a very um, in a means that, that starts to cut off hope. Uh, and I and I'm not for that either. And so it's really your reaction to your interpretation of the revelation more so than it is the interpretation of revelation and the amount of time you spend on it. Like to the extent that you um, it's, it's just like anything else. If you spend a lot of your time focused on um, not actually executing the work that of which we are short on laborers to begin with and you're spending your time doing this jazz and not actually helping people know Jesus. So whatever consequence you think is going to happen doesn't actually occur. Well, then, yeah, I think we got a problem. I think I think it's a different approach. Uh, the the people who have his view are are, are really selling fire insurance. You know, the fire is mm. coming, and and I can help you out of that. Their their heart is right. Yep. A- and generally, other people that have more of a kingdom perspective that says, "Hey, we have a great kingdom. Come, let's be part of that." Yeah. And let's let's follow this way. But of I mean, Jesus. isn't the second one? Isn't that Jesus's perspective? All he did is talk about the kingdom. I mean, I, he I spent almost so, yeah. zero yeah. time talking yeah. about end times, right? Like, yeah. I mean, he did provide a book of which to address it. Uh, but like once again, like if you look at the life of Jesus Christ, this is not how he spent any of his time, yeah. any of it, right? And so like that's maybe that's the, the the disconnect, and maybe that's where people have the disconnect with the Book of Revelation. If I look at Jesus's life and I look at the life of Paul, and then all of a sudden there's this Revelation book, and it can be read in such a way that you're like, what is this? It looks like the God of the Old Testament took a break for a while and then showed up in Revelation, ready to tear it up, and you're like, what? What happened? This congruous story that I thought was going real well, and then all of a sudden here this this fire and brimstone Yahweh shows back up, uh, you know, and, and it almost feels like it's not the same heart. And, and I think it is because of the way that we take it in, of the way we're reading it, because it yeah. is the same Jesus, right? Yeah. All right. Uh, let's see here. Let's, let's finish this cat out. McKinley was pointed in his warning that Christians must be cautious when it comes to end times theology, declining to make specific predictions, especially when it comes to time tables. The Bible notably tells Christians to avoid date setting. All right. Half point for Kinley. <laughs> we need to be reasoned. We need to be seasoned. We need to be biblical, Kinley said, urging people not to make crazy claims. <laughs> Classic. The, the popular- As he pins a novel. <laughs> I mean, yeah, claiming to interview the Antichrist, or what was it called? Uh, yeah, interview with the Antichrist. His hour has come, by Jeffrey Kinley. Hmm. Uh, let's see, we let's see. <laughs> Popular author also discussed the rapture. Biblical belief that Christians will be taken up to heaven and spared from the majority of end times events. The rapture typically sparks debate, as not everyone believes the rapture is seen in Scripture. Kenley, who believes the rapture is indeed a biblical construct, said the issue isn't a matter of salvation. It's not a salvation issue, the author said, but it is an important issue. I mean, to the, you can't control one or the other. I don't know what makes it important. I mean, again, like think of all the stuff that, that uh, the, the New Testament is talking about, a lot of which calls you to do something react in one way or the other. If the rapture is or is not true, I can't control it either way. Right. So, I mean, I, I, don't, I just don't feel like there's any reason to spend time on it. I mean, from from a perspective of a guy that's following Jesus Christ anyway, isn't the rapture just a procedural move, right? It's something that happens to you, not something that you can do anything about or participate in. Yeah, just, sometimes you really go there is kind of kind of wild to think. I mean, literally, we are it is out of our control. At some point, like it's over, and the world is scorched planet. 
I mean, this. Yeah. Y'all looking at me like what? No, oh no, yeah. <laughs> but it is. It's kind of <laughs> yeah. Refined by fire, man. Like it'll it'll be. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's just, and there's nothing, there's absolutely nothing we can do to stop it, speed it up, slow it down. Yeah. It's like it's just going to happen. Maybe in our lifetime, maybe it'll be later. I mean, that's I don't know. Sometimes I just sit there and think, whoa. Because all we know is what we see, you know, what we know. Right, like and, it'll, and be, it'll be, it'll just, it'll be, it'll be a total like uh, dumbfounding time. Like, yeah, I mean, you won't even know what to do with yourself. He says, "Go out there." Wait, it's, oh yeah. Toward the end of the interview, Kinley discussed the secular cultural changes that are afoot, and encouraged Christians to take a cue from early Christian church. While the church was a small and unpopular cohort, the message grew and resonated. Go out there and be the light of Jesus Christ to the world. All right, me and Kinley are on board. Okay. If you're looking to understand the end times. Consider downloading this theology guide. Do not do that, which explains the in and outs of what the Bible says about the end times. Well, according to who? Who wrote it? Pure Flix Insight. Oh, hold on, let me look. Uh, oh, yeah. In- oh, by Pure Flix. Uh, end Times Movies and Theology Guide. What is Pure Flix? Like a Netflix, but only Jesus stuff? Yeah, yeah. Or they, or they let you, I think you can watch movies and they, they take out the, the nudity and the swear parts. All the swearing? Yeah, even the fun stuff, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> they don't let the low levels pass. <laughs> yeah, I like to sing along with those. <laughs> Who's going to sing Bad, Bad Leroy Brown with me? <laughs> I had to say it. It's in the song. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, you can sign up for this. I don't, I'm don't. i not huh. giving them my email because I, I don't want them. Anyway. All right. How, okay, I, now i got to ask a question. How much, how much damage do you think can it do if people have a strong, we'll call it, misinterpretation of the book of Revelation. I was in Harbor Freight one day, and uh, there was an old man, and he had the, uh, basically had the, a Harbor Freight employee by the ear. And uh, he was going going on about uh, stuff similar to this. And he, I've done the research. You gotta go home and look up the the no. Israel. <laughs> the Israel. Like he have the secret knowledge. Uh, and uh, I'm just not sure if uh, that Harbor Freight employee uh, walked away from that conversation. Uh, maybe with the right outlook. Right, so I'm excited sure, to know the Savior Jesus Christ. Yeah, uh, so I think it, it's probably not helpful at the very. I mean, is it damaging? Probably. Is it helpful? No. Definitely, definitely not helpful. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it can be super dam- damaging. Um, again, it depends. It, it depends on who you are, but like, um, people can get caught up in this stuff, and one, they will spend an inordinate amount of time trying to prove people that they're right. And here's the deal. If you're going to spend any inordinate amount of time doing anything, let's do good news telling, not I got my end time stuff right. Because yeah. to, to Dan's point, that you have no control over any of this. Like, if you're completely wrong, the thing that Jesus said is going to happen is going to happen anyway. And, like, I could be way off base. Uh, and, again, Jesus will execute it in whatever way he deems fit. And so regardless of whether I'm right or terribly wrong, God will handle this well. That's true. What if he comes back and there's, like, six horses? And what are you going <laughs> to John couldn't see the other two. <laughs> this is not how I understood it to be. Oh, you're this, is a one. False, yeah. this is a false gospel. I only, I only will, will bow down to a white horse and some kind of fiery eyes, and this is all I will participate in. Right? Like, what are you actually going to do if you interpreted this wrong, you know? 
Yeah, yeah. So that's the thing is that like it's it's more one of it's a, it's a time glutton. Two, um, I think uh, bending too far, just where people tend to end up on this thing, is it starts to to bend the message of good news. Um, what what should be news of hope to the world um, becomes uh, attempts to scare you. And because it's not just what Jesus says or what the Bible talks about, you do have to actually talk about it in the way that they talk about it, like proper context with things, like there's a reason we have whole letters and whole books. And so um, that's why I'm not a, not a street sign guy. I'm not a pamphlet guy. Like context is kind of important. And like you have to can't you have to say the words of Jesus with the heart of Jesus. And uh, too many times the end times conversations start focusing on words one that i think are poorly interpreted and two miss the heart of jesus completely and uh and i think that's very detrimental and frankly it gives people an easy fodder it gives, look and say well look that the church is just stupid like they're so dumb especially with ba- like bad guesses and like attempts to say something that you shouldn't know and that you can't possibly know and you're going to claim to know that's human elevation over god's word uh that you actually run a serious consequence with and so yeah yeah, I, I think it's I think it's dangerous. If let's if you if you're wrong, let's say you're wrong. Like uh, I, I'm I'm not a rapture guy. Let's say you're a rapture guy. I don't care. I don't think that theology is going to cause you any particular problem. You're just going to be surprised at the end of the world. Yeah. Um, if you make that the main thing, um, then now you have a problem. And I would say the same thing for me. Like, you know, I, if let's say I'm wrong and the rapture thing does happen, I'm like, oh well, we got out early. Great. I mean, it's like cutting the school day by at two o'clock. What a surprise! <laughs> uh, so, like, well, part of a trust, a trust in God. He, he, his plan is not to torture us. I mean, the plan is good, whatever it is. Yeah, but yeah. however it ends out, we're not going to be like that was a crappy thousand years. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, it's it's actually. I was having a conversation with somebody this week. They were talking about you know if I. It's because I don't do what God wants me to do. Then he decides he's going to punish me and send me to hell. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Here's the thing. It's like uh, you're taking factual information and you're twisting it slightly because what you said is you didn't want to be with him or part of his kingdom. And then he granted that. He gave you what you asked for. And, like, you turned it into, like, punish and, and, and like, severe and blah, blah, blah. Like, he, he said, hey, come over and join me. And you said, I don't want to. God says, okay. I'm sad that you're not going to do that, but okay, here right. you go. Yeah. Like he gave yeah. you what you asked for, and like, and you turned around and put these pointed forks on it and made it like you, like it's just a way that you're saying it and the way that you're spinning it that like that's not God's heart at all, right? God, God invited you to a thing, and you said I don't want it, and then you, and then you, you're mad now, you're upset, you're so unfair. You invited me to your birthday party and I didn't show up, and then I can't believe I wasn't at your birthday party. Well, wait a minute, I invited you to the birthday party, right. you didn't go. <laughs> Well, this is crap. <laughs> I mean, it, a limousine. It it really is. It's that straightforward. And like when you put it in that context, because uh, th- I think that's what people want. People want to be upset at God as if he is a a dictator or a shrew or a, or a you know a well basically dictator. They like that, right? Like an authoritative kingdom that's forcing them to join. And if you don't, there will be consequences. And like if you look at consequences with a negative connotation, then. Yeah, that's how you're going to see it. But, like, everything you're saying is true. Yes, there are consequences if you do not want to join God's kingdom. He gave you the option. You said no. And there you go. You're in a kingdom without him. And and, and what, what it's hard for them to realize is, like, you've never been in a world uh, where God didn't, wasn't, his presence wasn't being felt. You have no idea what that world is. If you want to call that hell, that's what I'd call it, right? Like, to live in a world that does not have a reign on the just and the unjust alike and common grace for people and, and, and a reflection of God's character through humanity. You're right. You've never been there, and it's probably going to be pretty terrible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't eat all the peanut butter at night and then be upset that it's not there in the morning at some faceless person. 
Yeah. That's the consequence of eating all the peanut butter. Mm. <laughs> all right. Here we go. Uh, so we're going to do a quiz. and uh, Is it on Revelation? Yeah, yeah. We'll do a Revelation quiz. Oh, sweet. All right. Uh, first, uh, just a quick joke. Old Fred has been a faithful Christian and was in the hospital near death. The family called their preacher to stand with him. As the preacher stood next to the bed, old Fred's condition appeared to deteriorate, and he motioned frantically for something to write on. The pastor lovingly handed him a pen and a piece of paper, and old Fred used this last bit of energy to scribble a note, and then he died. The preacher thought it best not to look at the note at that time, so he placed it in his jacket pocket. At the funeral, as he was finishing the message, he realized that he was wearing the same jacket that he was wearing when old Fred died. He said, you know, old Fred handed me a note just before he died. I haven't looked at it, but knowing Fred, I'm sure there's a word of inspiration there for us all. He opened the note and read, Hey, you're standing on my oxygen tube. (laughs) (laughs) I like that one. (laughs) I think that one's grand. (laughs) An old preacher was dying. He sent a message for his banker and his lawyer, both church members, to come to his home. When they arrived, they were ushered up to his bedroom. As they entered the room, the preacher held out his hands and motioned for them to sit on each side of the bed. The preacher grasped her hand, sighed contentedly, smiled, and stared at the ceiling. For a time, no one said anything. Both the banker and the lawyer were touched and flattered that the preacher would ask them to be with him during his final moments. They were also puzzled. The preacher had never given them any indication that he particularly liked either of them. They both remembered his many long, uncomfortable sermons about greed, covetousness, and avaricious behavior that made them squirm in their seats. Finally, the banker said, Preacher, why did you ask us to come? The old preacher mustered up his strength and said weakly, Jesus died between two thieves, and that's how I want to go. (laughs) 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 Hey, that that first one, they cleaned up a little bit. Oh, really? Because back in the day, it was like a Chinese man was in bed dying, and he spoke Chinese, and the guy didn't understand it. Oh. Oh. He he handed it to it, like, what's what's, what's this? Translate that. And they probably thought it might have been too close to, like, ooh. Just keep the race out of it. So yeah, it was still right. It, it was very effective with the the note. His, <laughs> his name probably was not Fred. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Here we go. This quiz titled "The Revelation." I'm ready, Ben. I'm not. Gonna, I'm gonna look at the screen. Question number one: Who wrote the Book of Revelation? James, Paul, John, and Peter. Jesus. One vote for John. John, it is. John. Two. He wrote the Book of Revelation while in exile on what island? Patmos. Patmos. Patmos is correct. Well, I mean, that's our choice. Three, what did Jesus have in his right hand when he first appeared in Revelation? Peanut butter. Seven seven candlesticks, seven stars, a two-edged sword, the word of God, or an empty jar of peanut butter, which he <laughs> regrettably ate the night before. <laughs> which hand? The right hand? Yeah. When he first appears. I think it's the stars. He, I think he walks among the candlesticks. I think he has the stars in his right hand. He does walk among the candlesticks, yeah. yeah I think yeah. it's the stars. Yeah. Four, what church of the book of Revelation does Jesus find no fault with? Laodicea. Laodicea. Yeah. Pergamus is not a thing. Philadelphia. Thyatira. Thyatira. I don't know. I think it's Philadelphia. What? I think it's Philadelphia. Pergamum, uh, Pergamum is where the, um, like the statue of Zeus is at. Laodicea was bad news, Obviously right? bad. Yeah. I think it's Philadelphia. Okay. Anybody feel strongly? Thyatira, Philadelphia? I don't think it's Philadelphia. No, Dan wants to say Thyatira. I do. I do. I, the reason that I, I'm only on board with thinking it's Thyatira is because I don't even remember that being mentioned, and I don't remember the ones that are really getting ribbed. All right. Let's give it Thyatira. Okay. How many elders will be seated around the throne in heaven? Four, 12, 24, 40. 24. It's 24. It? It's 24. Yeah. 
Six. How well, many? Wait, is it twelve disciples in the twelve nations of Israel? Uh, stop saying. <laughs> looking for reasons to say Israel. <laughs> That's the complaint line. It's 515-517-0085, That's for uh, call or text. Hey, by the way, uh, we did get a, a, a nice uh, text this week from someone who um, sent into the claim, complaint line. And uh, uh, just just so you know, Joe, uh, that, that really made our year, man. We yeah. really appreciate it. Um, that that, uh, that meant a whole bunch, uh, not only that you took the, the time to do it, but even if half of it was true, yeah. uh, that's, 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 uh, that was a real blessing. So thanks for sharing that, man. I and appreciate if, it. And listen, if you submit stuff to the complaint line, we'll put you in a drawing to win a trip to Israel. <laughs> 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 All expenses paid by Ben. <laughs> I see. How many beasts will be around the throne? Four, 12, 24, 40. I think it's four. Beasts before. Four beasts. Four beasts. Who will say, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come? Four. The elders, the beasts, the lamb, the angels. Oh. Is, is it the angels? Uh, I, I think it's the elders. They all say it. I thought it was the the eyed creature. The creature with all the eyes. Well, that's the beasts. Uh, what, are the, what, are, what are the elders, beasts, lamb, angels? Okay, it's not the lamb. I don't. I don't think it's the beast. I think it's the elders. I'm gonna vote for the angels because the angels, uh, the, the elders, set the crowns down and then they say it. I think. I think it's the elders. Okay. Angels say it too. Though. That, I know. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably some of the. I'll, I'll go with you. Okay. All right. We'll see. We split the difference. I chose. I took Thyatira on your whim. Okay. Let's go with elders on mine. Eight. In the right hand of him that sat on the throne was a book with how many seals? Two, four, seven, twelve. Seven. Seven. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Okay, eight, uh, nine. Who is worthy to open the book and break the seals? I don't know. Dan's on some kind of creepy whisper deal over there, too. Did you say TikTok? <laughs> <laughs> I said the lamb who was slain. Okay, yeah. The elders, the beast, the lamb, the angels. We'll go with the lamb. <laughs> Ten. As the seals were opened, one by one, how many horses were seen? Four, twelve, twenty-four, or a countless number? Four. Four horses. Yeah. Yeah, four horses. Two were unseen. <laughs> they, <laughs> they deliver the mail. <laughs> they ride together. All right, here we go. Let's see what we did. Oh, slow internet connection. Oh, no. Number one, who wrote the book of Revelation? We said John. That is correct. Number two, who wrote the book? Uh, he wrote the book while in exile on what island? We said Patmos. That is correct. Yes. Question three, what did Jesus have in his right hand when he first appeared in Revelation? We said seven stars. That is correct. Question four, what church in the book of Revelation does Jesus find no fault with? We said Thyatira. That is incorrect. The answer is Philadelphia. Daniel. Well, mine's coming. How many elders will be seated around the throne in heaven? We said 24. That is correct. How many beasts will be around the throne? We said four. That is correct. Who will say, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come? I said the elders, and that is incorrect. The answer was the beasts. The beasts. Yeah, the, oh, the eyed man. creatures. Hold on, let's look and see here. And the four beasts had each of them six wings, and they were full of eyes, and they rest not day and night, saying, holy, holy, holy. Yeah. Hmm. Revelation 4. Apocalyptico. Hold on. I'm just going to... Apocalypsis. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, okay, hold on. The oath. <laughs> oh, no, no. oh, the elders. The elders fall down before him that sat on the throne, and they cast their crowns and say, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to oh. receive glory and honor and power. 
Yep. Dang I was going to let it go. It was the beasts. Now what about just, those that were slain? The, the, the multitude, you know? the. They don't say anything. They're slain. They're slain. Apocalypse. They're crying out. The right hand of him that sat on the throne was a book with how many seals? We said seven. That is correct. Who was worthy to open the book and break the seals? We said the lamb. That is correct. As the seals were opened, one by one, how many horses were seen? We said four. And that is correct. We answered eight out of ten questions correctly for a score of 80%. Quiz was taken 73,919 times since April of 2003, and the average score was 79%. Oh, Almost we're above average. Yeah, we're right on par, which means people can't listen to us. We barely scun that one. <laughs> 73,000 times? Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah, people love that one. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Do they have like an end times one? Oh, 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 let's do it. Okay, oh, one. Israel and pro- like zero. It, it, say it. Israel and prophecy. No, no. Say it right. I- Israel. Israel. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no one knows what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, oh, fellas, we're gonna be we're gonna be terrible. And then Kinley's gonna take this and he's gonna mock. Hey, there's a support Israel ad on this on this site. Support Israel free flag pin request today. Okay, here we go. Number one. What did Ezekiel and Isaiah both prophesy about the agriculture of Israel? One, that it would be like the Garden of Eden and they would export fruit to the whole world. Two, that it would be able to grow enough crops to stop itself from famine. Three, that there would be a dearth of food in the land and the people would be hungry. A what? A, a dearth. dearth. <laughs> What's that? It's a, a lack. Makes them hungry. Oh, okay, got it. <laughs> okay, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, lack. Yeah, lack. Uh, that, it would, uh, that it would be parched, the springs would dry up, and jackals would live there. I remember that jackals thing, I feel like. Yeah. I think it's that that it's the Garden of Eden, and they would feed the world. Well, and the question is, uh, what did Ezekiel and Isaiah both prophesy about the agriculture of Israel? I mean, things were tough times around. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it depends when he was talking to him. But I, I, my vote's going for dearth. Yeah, I'm going jackals. All right, one for jackals, one for dearth. I'm going Garden of Eden. Dan, you want to hear the options again? All right, one, that it would be like the Garden of Eden, and they would export fruit to the world, obviously, right. That it would be able to grow enough crops to stop itself from famine. Three, that there would be a dearth of food in the land, and the people would be hungry. Four, that it would be parched, the springs would dry up, and jackals would live there. Yeah, I'm four. You're for the jackals? Okay, that's two votes for jackals, Ben. Jackals it is. Two is on its own. The prophet Isaiah spoke of the forest in Israel and said that the wood for the temple would be gathered from them and said that they would be consumed with fire in the last days and named the varieties of trees that would be planted and said that the springs would dry up and the forest would die. Man. I feel like I don't read this part of the Bible. This is why Kinley like, wrote the book. And we'd, I'm like, no, you don't even know what you're talking about, you Israel. I've never read it. <laughs> don't believe anything I say. <laughs> okay. So what's what's going to happen to the forest in Israel? Wood for the temple would be gathered there, consumed with fire in the last days, the varieties of trees that would be planted, or the springs would dry up and the forest would die. I'm going to go with force would die. Uh, Merely as a guess. Me I don't have any idea. Yeah. Part of the curve. Nathaniel, how are you feeling? I'll join the bandwagon. Yep. All right. I think, I think it's a positive. This is about end time prophecy, which generally is pretty good to Israel. Uh, and you've chosen two negative items. Three, the prophet Ezekiel foresaw the gathering of the Jews into Israel. He said that the nation would be ten nations, each with a king. Uh, two, contested for and partly owned by the Philistines. Three, divided into a northern and southern kingdom, or four, one nation and no longer divided. One nation. I'm one nation. Mike? 
Yeah, I don't know. Because they're already past the two-nation thing. Yeah. yeah. One nation. Okay. Number four. Oh, boy. On May 14th, 1948, Israel became a nation. Which prophet prophesied that this would happen in the space of one day? <laughs> <laughs> Who's the guy on the TV or the radio that had the billboards? Uh, oh, that's not what they're looking for. And welcome to give me money. <laughs> Who was it? Open forum. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, how how is it? H? It's got an H. Plant it. Uh, camping. Harold Camping. Yeah, Harold Camping. Harold Camping. Can we take our next call, please? <laughs> <laughs> on May 14th. I listen to that guy all the time. <laughs> you know how disappointed I was? I mean, I seriously, I, I remember I had a job where I got home real late at night, and I used to listen to that guy every night at like 2 in the morning. I was listening to Harold Camping. I'm That's like, awesome. this guy is dry as a piece of toast, but I love him. He knows all the answers. And he, and then to find out he's sucked into some kind of weird deal. I'm like, dang it, Camping. Actually, I remember listening a few times, and what I like, you could hear him turn the Bible pages and like, this is classic. Yeah, he's not he's not typing he's it up. Man. He don't own the logo software. He's sitting there thumbing through the whole thing. Yeah. I'm like, good. Yeah, I love him. All right, what do we think? I think it's Amos. Well, you didn't give us the options. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Which prophet <laughs> prophesied that this would happen in the space of one day? Amos, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel. I'm okay. Let's say Amos, but. Uh, yeah. Can we read that verse later to see if that's what it actually says? Yeah, well, yeah, we'll see what it comes up with an answer. Okay, we're gonna do terrible. Two, this, I feel I, I feel like the worst about this one. We did terrible yeah. on another one, but I think this this is bound to be the worst. Yeah. Number five, two Old Testament prophets prophesied that the returning Jews would once again use the ancient shekel for commerce. Who were they? Isaiah and Jeremiah, Amos and Daniel, Zephaniah and Zechariah, Ezekiel and Amos. Ezekiel and Amos. Wait a minute. Did they ever go back to using the shekel? No, I mean not yet. Hmm. I mean the cow, the red cow's not out, and they haven't mm -hmm. rebuilt the thing from the cedars of of the old uh, Israel's forest. Okay, I'm they gonna go with I don't know. All right, we don't have shekels right now. We're going Ezekiel and Amos, unless uh, Nathaniel, you feel strongly. No, I don't. Okay. Oh, but are you getting beat up over there too? Yeah, I'm just big dumb idiot. Okay, all right. <laughs> we don't, it's not. A, hey, here's the problem. I, here's why I'm feeling a lack. I'm feeling a lack of Ezekiel. Is what I'm feeling. I feel like it's. Uh, I'm not taking in enough Ezekiel, or I'm reading it too quick, or whatever. Dan was just freshly through Ezekiel. Well, I went like the first three chapters. Well, this is <laughs> really depressing for the apocalypse right now. So I mean, I we have to, to bring the... someone with you to carry your excuses, Dan. <laughs> well, You've been freshly through Ezekiel. <laughs> Here we go. Dan says the prophet Ezekiel prophesied that Israel would be attacked from the north, the south, the east, the west. Which one? Bad things come from the south. Bad We're things north. come from the east. Oh. But uh, Nathaniel's in for the north. Dan? Ezekiel said this? That's what he said. Nathaniel comes from the east. There's no way. He's already in Babylon when he becomes a prophet. So Yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah. he's talking about Israel being attacked? Yeah. So like the people back in Jerusalem. Yeah. And he's over here. It feels like it's got to be. Yeah. I mean, I kind of like north, but I think it's east. Yeah. I love north. Okay. <laughs> Nathaniel loves it. We're going with north. We'll see what happens. We're already, we're already riding this pogo stick. <laughs> Seven, the Apostle Paul wrote to the Romans concerning Israel that blindness in part has happened to Israel until, A, they cease to be wise in their own eyes, B, the great and terrible day of the Lord, C, the Lord gives them beauty for ashes and the oil of joy for mourning, or D, the fullness of the Gentile, Gentiles become in. I don't, I don't remember any of this. It's all King James. Yeah. Don't worry, the fullness of the Gentiles be coming in. <laughs> that don't sound right. Blindness, their blindnesses in part has happened to Israel until... They cease to be wise in their own eyes. Humble themselves. Uh, the great and terrible day of the Lord. It gives them beauty for ashes, or the fullness of the Gentiles become in. I'm going to go with the last one just because I like the hip way they're saying it. 
Uh, okay. Yeah, I got nothing. Yeah, that seems right. Eight. Immediately after he had written the above, what did Paul write concerning Israel? Oh, oh man. <laughs> <laughs> the northern king of Israel will be saved, as it is written, out of Zion will come the deliverer. He will banish ungodliness from Jacob. B, the southern kingdom of Israel will be saved, as it is written, out of Zion will come the deliverer. He will banish ungodliness from Jacob. C, all Israel will be saved, as it is written, out of Zion will come the deliverer. He will banish ungodliness from Jacob. D, none of Israel will be saved, as it is written, it repenteth me that I have made them. Who, who said this? Paul. Paul? Paul? Wait a minute, is this from Hebrews? N- no. Where is it? Romans. I Romans. I think it's C, all Israel will be saved, as it is written. He doesn't divide the kingdoms in Romans. No, no. It's got to be all or none. It repenteth me that I have made them. Yeah, okay. None. None. We're going for none? Yeah. Boy, Move good. on. We got to oh. get out of this quiz, who, who, who are we to make fun of people who write prophecy books? Yeah, oh, boy. <laughs> no, that's I, you know what, Kenley? I apologize <laughs> yeah. for every harsh word I used. Yeah, every swinging Christian come in here and try to make it sound like you crazy. And you know what, sir? Maybe you're not so bad. <laughs> Maybe we're just idiots. Yeah, my, my dime one, store pony. <laughs> internet theology. Uh, there is no rapture. Uh, nine, which one of the gates of the outward sanctuary of the temple is now shut and will remain so until the Lord comes back? Eastern, western, northern, southern. Western, isn't it? Western Gate? Sure. I don't care, Ben. I've lost all interest in this Yes, because we're going to lose. Ten, the prophets (laughs) Joel and Amos both prophesied concerning the mountains of Israel that Israel would once again plant vineyards on the mountains. B, the people would live on the tops of the mountains. C, the people would make pilgrimage to the mountains to worship the Lord. Or D, Israel would worship strange idols on the tops of the mountains. I don't care. A. A. I'm with Dan. A. (laughs) Oh, man. All right. done with this quiz, Ben. Here we go. Oh, there's a lot of red on this page. Oh, boy. Okay, one. What did Ezekiel and Isaiah both prophecy about the agriculture of Israel? Uh, we, we went with the jackals. That it would be parched, the springs would dry up, and jackals would live there. That is incorrect. Yeah. <laughs> the correct answer is that it would be like the Garden of Eden, oh. and they would export fruit to the whole world. Ben being all positive. That's got Nathaniel written all over it. <laughs> Two, Sorry. the prophet Isaiah spoke of the forest in Israel. We said and said that the springs would dry up and the forest would die. <laughs> That is incorrect. <laughs> the correct answer is, and named the varieties of trees that would be planted. Wow, you're right. They're all positive. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that was my other thought. <laughs> Question three. The prophet Ezekiel foresaw the gathering of the Jews into Israel. He said the nation would be, we said, one nation and no longer divided. That is correct. Right on. Yes. Number four. On May 14th, Israel became a nation. Which prophet prophesied that this would happen in the space of one day? We said Amos. That is incorrect. Okay. Correct answer was Isaiah. Here we go. Isaiah 66, 8. Uh, let's go with uh, the ASV. Who hath heard such a thing? Who hath seen such things? Shall a land be born in one day? Shall a nation be brought forth at once? For as soon as Zion tra- travailed, she brought forth her children. Yep. That's, I don't, nope. That's just 1948. That's not what it. that's getting on at all, sir. I reject our losing of points in that arena. Email them. Uh, no way. I think you'll put me on a list. <laughs> <laughs> Question five. Two Old Testament prophets prophesied that the returning Jews would once again use the ancient shekel for commerce. Who were they? We said Ezekiel Amos, pulling a rabbit out of a hat. That was correct. I mean, they could reprint the shekel? Or do they keep <laughs> the old shekels? Yeah, ancient. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Number six. The prophet Ezekiel prophesied that Israel would be attacked from, we said, the north. That is correct. Dang. Nice. Question seven. The Apostle Paul wrote to the Romans concerning Israel that blindness in part has happened to Israel until we said the fullness of the Gentiles be come in. That was correct. Yeah. Nailed it. 
Uh, all right. Immediately after he had written the above, what did Paul write concerning Israel? We said they're not to be saved at all. Yeah. As is written, it repenteth me that I have made them. That is incorrect. The correct answer is all Israel will be saved. As is written, out of Zion will come the deliverer. He will banish ungodliness from Jacob. Number nine. Once again, Zion is what? Mount. It's the mountain. Yeah. The, uh, I mean, it refers to Israel. Israel. So, so once again, if we're going back to our end times stuff, when we're talking about someone will come out of the Mount Zion or out of Israel, then uh, how are we? How are we to interpret that? I think it's Jesus. Well, I mean, I, I assume it's Jesus, but like, <laughs> yeah, he came, he came out of the nation of Israel. That's it. He's the deliverer. Just Capital a real B. flowery way of saying it. He banished ungodliness from Jacob. Yeah. Israel again. Not popping out of Mount Zion like a jack in the box. No, no, no. All right. Number nine. Which it's one hard the, to suss this stuff out, Ben. Yeah, I understand. Which one of the gates of the outward sanctuary of the temple is now shut and will remain so until the Lord comes? We said Western Gate. That is incorrect. The correct answer is Eastern Gate. Yeah. Dang. I was mumbling that to myself as I said West. <laughs> Question 10. The prophets Joel and Amos both prophesied concerning the mountains of Israel that we said Israel would once again plant vineyards on the mountains. That is correct. Oh, you answered a total of five out of ten questions correctly for a score of 50%. Quiz has been taken 23,000 times since 2006, and the average score for the quiz, 50%. Hmm. We're batting for the course again. <laughs> All right, Mike, bring us out of here. Here we go. We've embarrassed ourselves. <laughs> Dear, live from the path. My fiance quotes Jay, has a 14-year-old daughter who has been homeschooling during the quarantine, mm -hmm. and she refuses to put pants on. Yes. When we ask her to, she gets upset. She isn't built like the average teenager. Uh, she's 5'10 and weighs uh, 200 pounds. I see. So it's like seeing a grown woman in her underpants. I think it's inappropriate for a young woman her age to be unwilling to dress herself fully. And I don't like seeing her like that every time I go to their house. Jay doesn't notice. He says it doesn't bother him. He doesn't mind when I ask her to put shorts on. I don't feel it's my place at this point to dictate what she wears, but I'm uncomfortable. I don't know if I'm crossing a line or if it's normal to feel this way. Help. I mean, I don't... I don't find it outlandish to say put some pants on. Ah, okay. So uh, just to put this in slight perspective, right? Like uh, dads of girls. Dads of girls? Dads uh, of girls, Look, yep. I mean, there gets to be certain age that, like, look, uh, you come into the common areas of the house, you're fully dressed. That's just kind of the deal, yeah. right? Yeah. Up That's usually self-imposed. Right, yeah. self-imposed, right? Yeah. They will do this on don't their look own. look at me. But, <laughs> I mean, up until that point, like, uh, a half-dressed daughter of mine is not the same as a half-dressed 14-year-old uh, girl I don't know. That's different, right? Like, it, it, it just is. It's just different. And so, like, I, I, 14 is probably... I, I don't care about her size. I don't have anything to do with it. Uh, so th it has to do with the fact that it's not your kid. And you be haven't been around her yeah. every day for the last 14 years. And you're right. So you a half-dressed anything. You're like, hey, man, uh, that's too much. It just doesn't seem right. That, yeah. Right. So uh, not to say that, like, once again, I think she'll impose this on her own. But like, she's you know, not... Well, I, mean, I, I don't know. What I mean... I think she'll self-regulate. She doesn't... Well, yeah. she's not 27. I mean, is that the line? I don't know what the line Here's is. Here's the deal: is I'm I would be more I'm more concerned that you that you. It sounds like the both of you, like she, well, she said we, but like if you said, hey, we'd appreciate if you put some pants on, and she goes, no, I'm not going to put pants on. I'm more concerned about that than in the fact that she's not wearing any pants. Was she saying no? I missed that. The kids say no. Yeah, yeah. Kids uh, say she's not going to do it. Because I have to admit, at first I was going to say, first of all, stop living together, and then I realized they weren't. <laughs> so then I had to repent, and so I missed a couple lines. <laughs> uh, I mean, here's the thing: I, I, I was, I, I, I haven't quite. My kids aren't quite old enough for this to be a deal yet, and they've already self-regulated, right? But like, 
the rule at my house always has been uh, your room is your room. You do whatever you want in there. If you're going to be half undressed, then you shut the door, <laughs> right? But like, if you're going to come to the common areas of the house, uh, be presentable as if anybody's going to stop by because you're in the common area of the house. And I think that's fair. It gives you freedom to whatever, do whatever you want, sleep however you want, whatever. But anytime that there's a chance someone's going to come rolling in, especially me, uh, people need to have some clothes on, and that's the deal. Yeah. And so I, I, I don't know. I feel like you're juggling with becoming part of a new situation, and this particular thing, because you're a woman, right? Like, I, you know, I don't know. Is she trying to say that, like, maybe Jay as a dad is having a hard time figuring out how to address this right, and so she's having a hard time helping him? If you're just uncomfortable as another woman, I, I don't know what your deal is, right? Yeah. Like, I just don't see that as being an actual problem. I, I'm, I'm guessing she probably is realizing that he's a single dad with a teenage girl and the last pro- person probably to to teach social skills to a teenage girl is a single dad. See, I, I, I agree. If, and if she, I suppose saying, if, some motherly, if she'd have yeah. written it that way, True. maybe this would make more sense to me. But yeah. it sounds like you're offended yeah. that she's heavy. To me, like right, she brought like that up. That's that that sounds, and you you don't want to see that. And that if that's where your heart is, uh, I, I you're not coming at it from near the right place. And so uh, yeah, that part was weird. That part was straight up weird. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, and 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 ridiculous, frankly. So I'm I'm having a hard time sussing out where you're at here. I think the bottom line goes as like uh, as as much grace as I'd like to give this guy and have grown up with her with his daughter. Fourteen uh, is plenty old enough to. Set some ground rules that, like, look, you want to sit around no pants on, uh, in your bed, under your covers, it, uh, in your movie-watching movie time, whatever. I don't care, mm-hmm. right? But, like, you come out your room. It's common area time. I put pants on. You put pants on. That's the deal. That's let's, let's, fair. We'll figure out a way to move forward here, you know? Nathaniel? Yeah, I think I agree with the, with uh, well, putting pants on, for one. <laughs> and, uh, I'm for pants. For two. <laughs> Uh, that it's a problem that their 14-year-old daughter, or his, at least his 14-year-old daughter, is just going to be like, no way, uh, I ain't putting no pants on uh, <laughs> simply because you told me to. And that's probably the whole boundary thing. Of, yeah. You're not my mom. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, it's probably could be eat your Jello. I'm not going to eat my Jello. Sure. Uh, maybe. I'm just, yeah. Yeah, I, there's, it sounds like there's a couple, there's a lot of dynamics, we'll yeah. say, going on in the house. The blended family thing can be tough. Right. And, and like this pants on thing, I think you probably, uh, I don't know. There's hills to die on. This one, I, you know, I think the dad's got to work through. I mean, you coming in into her, into her life and going to be her co-parent uh, at the age of 14, this is, it's impossible. This is not going to go well. It's just not, you know, and you can, uh, I mean, she's going through enough changes as it is. Now to deal with uh, a different parental situation, someone having authority over her when people from the age of 13 to 17, if there's anything they hate more than authority, it's authority. <laughs> like, I just hate authority. And so, like, any attempt to guide, push, suggest, uh, lightly, to, you know, encourage is not going to be taken very well, especially from you. And so I think you might have to lower your expectations a little bit, figure out how you can uh, politically and uh, comfortably try to help Jay be the parent here uh, at least bring him uh, other perspectives maybe because like as a dad I'd be like look I you know I don't know what I'm doing here I don't know how to raise a teenage daughter especially by myself maybe this pants thing is regular maybe it ain't I don't know you know I'd let it go probably you know I got enough to worry about try to figure out how to do this thing by myself and so yeah I, it's, it's a little bit more complicated than you're making it but I feel like your heart's coming from a weird place and so I think you probably better straighten that out before we move much further on <laughs>
You don't okay. think that anything needs to be like talked about with this girl about you know what what's going on that you feel it's okay to be pantsless around the. I mean, some people are free spirited. I mean, I guess, but <laughs> I have one kid that I think would never ever go pantsless anywhere, and I have another kid that is like, I mean, if you didn't strap it to her, she'd she'd fly him off and run through the hills. <laughs> like it's just her personality; she don't yeah. care. Yeah, no, yeah, actually, I I have that exact same setup. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I mean, yeah, uh, here's the thing. It's like as a dude, and especially as an older man, you're like, girls in their underwear. Like, it starts, it's a certain thing for you. G- to girls, it ain't. It's just like, bleh, you know, bleh. I mean, I don't even go, I don't, and they, this is the concept, is, it blows my mind, right? Like, girls will, will dress and undress in front of each other, no problem. I won't go undressing with a dude. I just won't. It's just not where I'm at, you know? And so, like, I, I think it's just a different thing. And like I, it, she needs to wear the pants. And like I, that's what I, I, I always told the girls, is like, look, uh, as soon as they got to be about five, when I thought they could understand it, I basically said, look, there is a man living in your house, and like, there's some stuff that like after a certain age is just for ladies or your husband, and that's it. And so like, when you're in the areas of the house that I frequent, it's it's pants on, it's clothes time. That that's that's just the deal. And I'll and I'll I'll remind you a couple times, but I, it just it really needs to happen that way. That's the way we we protect the things that God gave us. And like. Uh, obviously, they missed that conversation at her house. Probably a little late now. Yeah. So you know, you just got to figure out how to navigate it and and use it as a encouragement, not as a rule. I would guess. Okay. Secular says. Secular says, your fia- your fiance is Oklahoma with his daughter's attire in their home. If your engagement to Jay leads to marriage, you will be living there permanently. So your opinion should be respected. Someone has to have quotes to talk with your fiance's daughter about the fact that she's no longer a child. She has become a young woman. The person to do that is her father. The message would be better coming from him because you're not her parent, and it may help you avoid being perceived as the, quotes, wicked stepmother to be. Yeah. Can't yep. disagree with that. Yeah, I don't know. I think you oversimplified <laughs> it. I, I think there's a. I don't, I don't think that's going to go as well as you're saying. Well, I mean, I, I, that goes back to the other point, which is, like, if the dad went up and said, hey, Hey, look, there's other people in the house. Um, it just makes people, whether right, wrong, or indifferent, it, it makes people uncomfortable to have you walking around in your underpants. So put the, when other people are over, put your pants on. Like, that can't, that can't be a bad thing. Right. And so, like, I, I, don't, I don't think that's a problem at all, and I wouldn't sweat two things about asking my kid to put her pants on. And if she was upset about that, uh, that's a different conversation. And maybe it gets to the root of something else that's going on that you need to, to talk about. But, like, it's not unreasonable to be, look, Put some pants on. It's not even a reasonable. Like fourteen's irrelevant. I could have a seven-year-old. Actually, I have a like. I had a kid that as soon as she was eight, she was prone to be walking around without pants on. Just just wanted to. And I'm like, dude, there's. It's first of all, we barely close the curtains in our house. You gotta have pants on. And it's not. She's old enough to understand and do what if I asked her to do something, and I have a pretty good reason for it. And so yeah, I don't think I don't think the fourteen-year-old has any ground to be like, no, I refuse to wear pants. I agree. I think it's just a teenage angst. I think they just they just don't like authority, and they're just picking this issue to roll. Uh, okay, ready? One more. Yeah, well, one. Dear, well, I don't know if I want to use this one, Ben. We spent all our time on that crappy that prophecy was, quiz. That was a mistake. <laughs> oh, no, we're not going to do that one. We're not going to do that one. Nope. Hmm. Mm. Okay, hold on. Here we go. Some kind of campaign. Here we go. Dear life from the past. My oldest brother is running for a state office. Yes. Unlike me, he does not like animals. 
Right. Wow. I should have screened this better. He has, quotes, hauled litters of puppies off and shot at cats. In addition, he refuses to help our elderly parents, family or not. I don't want someone to be a leader in our state capital who exhibits such poor moral and unethical behavior. Wow. He has been married several times, and I know for a fact he cheated on one of his wives. I avoid attending his fundraisers and asking for votes. But other family members keep telling me that blood is thicker than water and that I, quotes, must vote for him regardless of his behavior. Of course, behind the curtain, I can vote for whoever I want. But should I cave to the pressure to show up in support of him at public events? Even my husband said I should donate money to his campaign because he is family. What's your opinion? No. 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 What? <laughs> Wait a minute. Look at the puppies. He cheats on his wife. Wives. Yeah. Beats puppies and shoots cats. <laughs> He does, she does not have to support Mr. Kennedy. Yeah, Yo, this guy was this? interviewed by the guy from the Antichrist book earlier. <laughs> He's like, I see that you walk the earth now, cat shooter. <laughs> I mean, you could not have painted this man in a worse light. <laughs> what kind yeah. of cats? Am I? <laughs> like stray cats? Because <laughs> I could see that a little bit. Was it kittens? It didn't say. It didn't say. It didn't say the age of the cats. Yeah. That's terrible. Nathan. You can't run for office either. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. I've already given into it. <laughs> I'm unqualified. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this this could not be a worse. I mean, isn't the media just going to catch up with him at some point? Or is this some? What do you say? Like a state state office? State office. State office. He's probably going to be the auditor. No one cares, right? It's one of those things you yeah. get on the vote ticket. You're like the state auditor. Yeah. I don't know Jeff Freely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Tom seems nice. Check. Yeah. <laughs> Four cats came in, no cats came out. I mean, this guy's this brutal. How do not? How do like more people not know about this feller? I, I I don't know. I mean, can you really leave that secretive life of blowing away cats? Yeah. I mean, this had to happen in his childhood, right? Like, she is really <laughs> painting the most the most horrendous picture of this guy. I, I this whole thing seems weird to me. But I mean, here's the long here's the long answer, which is now the short answer. No. Yeah. You don't have to do that, right? It's just like we were talking with the uh, when we were talking about the protest last week. We will help you do good things. I will not help you do bad things, right? And so, like, are you forced to support your brother publicly when at home he's the worst? No, no, no. Now you don't have to go out of your way to trash him, uh, but like, if pertinent information should be known or someone asks you, I don't think I don't see any reason why. Uh, but <laughs> your brother ever. Kill cats. Shoot a cat. Boy, it's a good thing you brought that up. Here's the deal. <laughs> Haul puppies off like Santa Claus and then dump them in the river. Yeah. He's like he's like the, the duck hunt of cats. <laughs> he just he just has right at him. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I don't see any reason to what would be a situation where I would think otherwise? I had a pal who uh his landlord used to be an elder at uh a church and uh they had to have a talking with this landlord because uh, he was he uh, went into um, somebody's house that he uh, he owned the house and uh, there was a no pet rule and he found some uh, some dogs in there and apparently he uh, he did away with the dogs oh and so <laughs> oh. Uh, they, uh, they 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 I think they had a t- I don't know what eventually ended up whether he was not an elder anymore. Or, uh, but I know at least the church talked to him, and so I feel like it. Like, and I don't think the the people who went to this, uh, who lived in this house, weren't even like a member of the church. I think they were just like, "Oh, this is going on." Oh man! Wow. 
and let people know. What kind of, I mean, does that disqualify you from eldership? Yeah, Dan, like, you heard that, would you be like, you know what, maybe you're not the right type of cat here. <laughs> well, the I, story it, was is that he took the dog and he threw it up against the door. Okay, that's worse. And so, like, if you if someone came to you and said, hey, uh, this guy, he did yeah. this. Yeah, that, 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 yeah. That's not a patient man. <laughs> right. That just throws all kinds of red flags up. There. Yeah. Yeah. He's out. Yeah. No doubt. What the heck ever? I don't know how people make the eldership. <laughs> I mean, we're scraping the barrel. <laughs> it's hard to find dudes. <laughs> it really is hard to find dudes. <laughs> I mean, actually, if you were to follow even remotely strictly some of the criteria he puts out, I mean, I mean, you, I mean, you just this little piggy went to market and this little piggy went home, and that's about all you got. Yeah. And usually the ones who really want it are the ones who are smashing puppies against doors. Yeah. yeah. So. I need this. What were we just talking about? I deserve about? the lead. What were we just talking <laughs> yeah. about? A church that had like the had like the uh, the chairs lined up for the elders to sit in. Yeah, I was telling you. Uh, that was another tale I, I was spinning the other day. Yeah. Of uh, the, the elders would sit up on the stage behind the preacher trying to not fall asleep and look more holy than the other guy sitting across the <laughs> stage. That's old school church yeah. right there. Boy, I yeah. feel like that would be so awkward. I'd make faces at him. Yeah. Hey, man, I know you're not paying attention. Dan, did you, did you ever, like, intern or anything at a church like that? We, we had two big chairs that would come up and sit up for communion, my very first church. They were, like, good guys, but still it was kind of like... Yeah, this I don't is weird. Be doing that. <laughs> uh, Did you talk him out of it? It is so long ago. I honestly don't remember. Mm. I just remember that that I remember that I never experienced that again, and I can't remember how I just joke about the first time or in a first church or I really don't remember. Mm. Yeah, I, I I can tell you the last thirty years of my life that has not. This been is not occurred. <laughs> hmm. Uh, what was the question? Oh yeah, yeah. Do I have to support this man publicly? Yeah. Uh, our simple answer was no, right? Absolutely right. not. Right. Okay. Secular says, if you do not support a candidate, keep your checkbook closed. And as to showing up to endorse your brother's run for office, continue to refrain and cross your fingers that your absence won't be noticed amidst all the excitement. If your husband wants to donate to your morally degenerate brother's campaign, <laughs> it is his choice, <laughs> and he has a right to, just as you have a right to yours. B.S. Anyone who would shoot a defenseless animal and neglect his aged parents uh, really doesn't belong in any office. Oh, that's right. I forgot he was an elder abuser. Yeah. Uh, all right. I mean, we that solved the world problem. You've been listening to Live from the Pat. Thanks for hanging out with us today. We really do appreciate it. Uh, hey, like, I would say 70% chance that we're not around next week for multiple reasons. Uh, but uh, we look forward to be back with you, I don't know, sometime in the near term after that. In the meantime, hook up on the complaint line, 515-517-0085. That's talk or text. We'd love to hear from you. And, uh, yeah, in the meantime, be faithful in means. God will handle the ends. You've been listening to Live, Live from, from the, the Path. Don't do that. I already Live did. Live from the Live, Live from the Path. Live from the Path. You've been listening to Live from the Path. Live from the Path. Live from the Path. <laughs>